Amen. Uh, just by show of hands, who, who actually watched Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, like m- most of us? Most of us did it twice or three times. Um, it, it was so good. If you haven't watched it, um, I have to use trigger words like spoiler alert. It's coming. So if you, if you haven't watched it, there's, there's spoiler alerts coming. And, um, but go and watch it. It's, it's, it's a good, good movie. Uh, in, the, in the trailer for the movie Top Gun, um, Tom Cruise, who's Captain Pete Mitchell and goes by the name Maverick, um, he gets called in. Um, and the question that is asked uh, of him is, why is it? Why is it that uh, you actually should have been a, an admiral, admiral already or, or a senator already? Why is it that after so many years, so many accolades, you are still only a captain? And he responds by saying it's one of life's mysteries. But if you think about Captain Pete Mitchell in, in the movie, he, he had a dream in his heart to fly. He actually also had a dream of just being the fastest man alive. And if you remember the movie, he, he went Mark 10 and, and he was the fastest man alive, but, but he wanted to go faster. There's something inside of him that just needed to come out because he wanted to be fastest man on the planet. And before I start, there's something inside of you that we need to draw out this morning. And so my title for this morning and on the movie Top Gun Maverick is Don't Stop Dreaming. If you Google uh, a lady called Miss Langley, um, she was on the phone one day and she had an itch in her throat. And she said, hold on, hold on, I just have something in my throat. And and she she grabbed the pen. She grabbed the pen and and she was actually just um, scraping her throat, trying to get the itch out. And suddenly she dropped the pen. True story, go Google it. It's an absolute true story. She drops the pen into her throat, into it. She swallows the pen. She goes to her husband. She told him the story and he's like, you can't swallow a pen. It's, 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 you're dreaming. And she said, I, I did swallow the pen, but they left it. 25 years later, she got stomach aches. She goes for an x-ray, and lo and behold, there is this pen. Finally, the doctor got it out, and as he got it out, he tested it. It still, it still could, it was still working. After 25 years, she, she swallowed something that was inside of her, and after 25 years of bringing it out, it was still working. And I want to tell you this morning, there's something inside of you that's still working. There's a dream inside of you that is still working, and you can't give it up on it, and I need to bring it out this morning. Amen? There we go. Don't stop dreaming. Proverbs 29, 18 says the following. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that is the question, and it brings us to a question. Can you see what God is doing in your life? And are you attending 
on what God is doing in your life this morning? Are you, are you attending? Can you see? Because if you can't see it, we're going to stumble all over ourselves. I have a dream and you have a dream in your heart. But how is it possible not to give up on that dream, especially in the world that we live in? How is it possible not to give up on that dream? I'm not sure if you have days like this, but when, 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 when you just think you can't carry on, living out the dream, or it's not possible anymore. Or sometimes you, you go through bad days, and we're going to go through bad days. Have you ever met someone, once you go through a bad day or a bad season, and they tell you with the response, ah, oh, that's not that bad? Ever had someone in your life that said that? I'm not sure what's happening in your heart when that happens to you, but in my heart, I want to go to the Bible, discover the fivefold ministry, and give him the fivefold ministry. A cross. That's just me. I don't know about you. Because sometimes we go through stuff and, and we're not sure why we go through it, and we are going through it. Because we do experience bad days. We do experience bad seasons. And sometimes the bad seasons let us stumble over ourselves because we are not attending on, on what God reveals. And we can't see the dream longer because the problem is starting to get bigger and we can't see past the problem anymore. Here's the thing. We are going to have bad days, church. There is bad days coming in your life, in your season. Maybe you're sitting here and saying, Zalvin, we came for a positive message today. I am positive that there's bad days coming. <laughs> Here's the biggest problem sometimes I make as a pastor. Is we, we, we're preaching the promise without the pain. We're preaching the promise without the pain. And don't get me wrong this morning. There's a lot of promises in Scripture. There's a lot of promises for you in Scripture. God is dreaming about you. You have to know this this morning. He is dreaming about you. He loves you this morning. You are the head and not the tail. You are called. You are anointed. But there is also bad days coming. It, it will be irresponsible for me this morning to come and preach to you, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop dreaming and don't stop believing in the promises of God because there is promises. But it will be irresponsible if I preach the promise without the pain. And we see it in Psalm 9.9. It says the following, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. So yes, there is breakthrough and yes, there is a promise, but there's still bad days. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Because what the Bible says there's, there's days that we're going to experience anxiety. The other translation says, cast all your burdens unto him. And if you grew up Pentecostal like me, we made a song out of it. Do you know the song? Yeah. I mean, cast your burdens unto Jesus for he cares. No panties in here this morning. Unto Jesus. And then you go higher, 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 higher. 
higher, higher, lift Jesus higher. I love the next bit. I mean, let me teach you. Lower, 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 stamp the devil lower. It's brilliant. Church should be enjoyed, not endure. That's what I say. Cast all your anxiety, cast your burden. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all of the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Life is going to be hard. The struggle is real. But I want to encourage you, don't stop dreaming. If you want victory in your life, there's going to be a fight. And I want to encourage you, don't die in your dilemma this morning. You're going to have to stand up and fight because there's something on the other side of your difficult season that you are going through. And where you are going, church, is way bigger than that, that, that you are going through at the moment. Don't stop dreaming. Here's the thing with dreams. Dreams are conceived long before they are achieved. They are conceived long before they are achieved. And I want to encourage you in this space. And that's why we can't talk about dreams and give up on, don't give up on your dreams if, if we don't preach on, on the story of Joseph this morning. If you know the story about Joseph, Joseph was a dreamer. He, he was his dad's blue-eyed boy. His dad made him a special robe, and he had brothers. Of course, Joseph was the youngest. Who likes the youngest? I do, because I am the youngest. You just know you got away with a lot more than your older siblings. Is that true, older siblings? It's true. I mean, my brothers, they had a curfew. I didn't have a curfew. My brothers was not allowed to drive their car on 16. I wasn't allowed to drive my car on 16. It's just, it's just the way it is with the younger. So Joseph had older brothers. They did not like him because he was a dreamer. But he was also cheeky. He was also too big for his shoes. He was also the one that you want to give the fivefold ministry very soon. Especially with responses like this, he already didn't, they already didn't like him. Read with me Genesis 37 verse 5. It says, now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamt. Behold, we were binding shaves in the field. And behold, my chef arose and stood upright. And behold, your chefs gathered around and bowed down to my shape. In essence, he's saying, you guys are going to bow down to me. I mean, can you imagine what's going through the hearts and the minds of these older brothers? The problem with Joseph here was he had the dream. He, he, he was called, he was anointed, but the character was not formed to sustain the dream. And he had to be moved and he had to go through seasons of his life to build character so that he can sustain the dream that God dreamt over him. Genesis 37, 19, this is what happened to him. They said to one another, here comes the dreamer. 
Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what becomes of his dreams. And if you're new to church this morning, or maybe you don't know this story, luckily his, his brother said, we can't do that. Let's just sell, sell him to, to some uh, to some Egyptians, and, and they sold him as a slave, uh, and he got moved out of the family. Dad thought he was dead, uh, but, but he ended up uh, in, in Egypt, and, and he had a great story. And I want to encourage you to go and read his story, because he ended up second in command of Egypt, and, and his brother, eventually, his brothers came, and, and he delivered his brothers, and they bowed down before him. A phenomenal story, but he went through seasons before the dream got into reality. Why? Because sometimes we have these big dreams in our hearts, but our characters need to be formed first so that we can sustain the dream that God has for us. I want to give you a few truths this morning to not give up on your dream. And then we're going to make it practical to not give up on your dream. Don't give up on your dreams, even, even if it didn't start well. Don't give up on your dreams, even if it didn't start well. Because events is going to happen. Life is going to get hard. If you're sitting here this morning and say, Zalvin, life is not hard, it's just because you haven't lived long enough yet. Life is going to get hard. You're going to take some turns that you should not have taken. And, and, and maybe you're sitting here and there's a dream inside of you, but you're telling me this morning, Zalvin, you don't understand. I took too many wrong turns in my life. Where God wanted to, me to go right, I went left. When God told me something, I went the opposite way. It didn't start well for me. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't stop dreaming even if it didn't start well. Because church, if I read my Bible, it says a couple of things. One, those, those wrong decisions that you made in life, that sinful decisions that you made in life, what I see in my Bible that we serve a gracious God and He's so gracious, He has forgiven your past, present, and future sins. That's the God we serve this morning, church. Don't give up on that dreams. Yes, Salvin, I went left and should have gone right. God can use your left church to get you right. If we look at the story, he makes a point of it in the Bible of showing that your dreams can still become a, a reality even if it didn't start well. Think, think, about, think about Paul. God was in intentional of using people that's lives was, was, was in pieces, shattered on the wrong side of the team that they needed to be in. It didn't start well for Paul. But he says in 1 Timothy 1, 2, 13, 2, 13, he says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Don't measure it by what, what, what the devil tells you who you are. 
measure it by who God is. He's merciful. He's gracious. He loves you this morning. And you don't have to give up on that dream, even if your life didn't start well. Second truth, don't give up, even if the journey is full of surprises. If you think about Joseph, his journey was full of surprises. In fact, we learn some principles through the story and the life of Joseph. That life is actually going to be twice as hard. And there's double probably bad times coming than good times. You may be saying, oh, why do you say that? Let, let, me, let me explain to you. Joseph, sold as a slave, living in a foreign country as a foreigner, twice as bad. Find favor in Potiphar's house. Too bad, one good. Falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Thrown in prison. He then gets favor with the warden and made one of the chief sons in, in, in the prison. Twice as bad as good. Forgotten by the cupbearer. And that cost him two more years extra in prison. Second in command of Egypt. I mean, don't... Give up even if the journey is full of surprises. For Joseph, it meant twice as bad days than good days. And in this life, we're going to get hit hard by life. It is what it is. We don't need always to sugarcoat the gospel. Life and being a Christian is not always plain sailing church. Suddenly it got quiet. But that doesn't mean we have to give up on our dreams. That doesn't mean we don't have to and stop, need to stop pursuing the promises of God over our lives. Because we know, I know, and you know that Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Don't give up on your dream, even if it didn't start well. Third truth even if it takes a long time to realize it. Don't give up, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Habakkuk 2.3 says in the message translation, these things I plan won't happen right away. These things God has for you, the dreams that he has for you, don't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, Surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes a long time to realize it. The, the problem with our generation is we, we listen to the wrong theologians. We, we, we listen to theologians that, 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 that write songs and songs that goes like this. I want it all. I want it all. When do we want it? We want it now. We're a microwave generation church, but we serve a crockpot God. 
everything we want. Don't give up, even if it takes a long time. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The question is, how? How? How do, so I mean, it's been 40 years, how? It's been 30 years, it's been 10 years, it's been four. Don't get, how? I want to give you three principles and I'm, I'm done. Three principles. We have three truths. Here's the principles. Let's make it practical. It's number one, recognize and appreciate the process. See, Captain Pete Mitchell knew that he had to develop them. He had to take them through a process. How is it possible to not give up on our dreams? Recognize and appreciate the process. Because church, we're going to go through stuff and, and we're going to work through stuff and we're going to be in dilemmas. And sometimes we, we just pray, God, please take this pain away from me. God, please remove this mountain in my life. God, please, please help me in this process. And I've come to learn that, that sometimes that is the wrong prayer to pray. Because if we recognize that what we're going through is a process and we appreciate the process, our prayer life starts to change. It is not, God, take this away from me, but rather, God, what is it that you want to learn me and teach me in this process and pain that I'm going through? And if we start to, to appreciate the process, our prayer life starts to change. And, and Lord, what is it that what you want to show me? What is it that you want to teach me? Church, God is interested into developing you as a person. And when something happens to you, God wants to do some things in you. We have to realize that what we're going through is a process. And once we're in that process, we start to appreciate the person. God, thank you for expanding my life. Thank you for growing my character. Thank you, Lord, for, for growing my capacity to handle even more things. Thank you that I'm growing so that, so that I can sustain the dream that you've placed inside of my heart. Recognize and appreciate the process. How do we react? 1 Peter 1 verse 6 and 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through, it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. James 1, to, uh, verse 2 to 3 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. How, how, how is it possible not to give up on our dreams? Number one, recognize and appreciate the process. God wants to do something in you. When you're going through stuff, 
He wants to do something in you. When you're in a dilemma, God, what is it that you want to teach me in this process? God, thank you that I can learn and grow in this pain period that I'm going through. But you have to recognize it. Number two, refuse that offense stops you. I'm not sure if you know, but you are going to get offended in this world. You are. And, and maybe I should tell you a truth from the pulpit this morning. There's people out there. In fact, there's maybe people in this church that doesn't like you. It's okay. Don't let offense settle in your heart just because someone doesn't like you. There's people at your job. Hate to break it to you. They don't like you. There's people in your family. I'll stop there. The fence is coming. Sometimes we just need to learn to let it go. See, Captain Pete Mitchell didn't want to offend Rooster. But he had to let it go. Sometimes we... We need to learn how to let stuff go. There's people in this world that's going to offend us. You're going to offend people. But sometimes we, 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 we let them live in our head rent free. Because we wonder what they think. We wonder what's their next response. We, we don't want to engage them because we, we're too scared of the offense or, or what's going to be said or not said. And, and sometimes we give up on our dreams because we are scared about the offense that we are going to cause. I'm, I'm not sure about you, but, 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 but we can't do it because God has placed the dream in our hearts. And if we're going to stop at everybody that we're going to offend, we're never going to live out our dream. If, if, if the church and, and in general is, is never going to grow if we're going to I wonder what Seven News is going to say about us. We just don't want to. Don't refuse that offense stop you. If you think about the story of Joseph, his brothers, his blood sold him as a slave. He had the power to kill them when they approached him, when they bowed down before him. He could have ordered to get them killed, but he did not let that grudge set in his heart because his response is in Genesis 50, 20. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He did not let a grudge settle in his heart. Don't stop Dreaming, refuse that offense stops you. It's coming. Jesus said in Luke 17, 1 to his disciples, stumbling blocks are sure to come. Offense is coming. Sin is coming. It's knocking on our doors every day, our carnal man. It's, it's coming. We're going to probably offend people. But don't let it stop you. Don't let it stop you. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, 
but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Don't let that grudge in your heart stop you from dreaming and pursuing your dreams. Your real enemy, church, is not people. That's not your real enemy. The devil is your enemy. And may I remind you, Jesus has won that battle for us. We are not fighting for a victory, church. We are fighting from a victory because the victory was won on the cross of Calvary. Refuse that offense stop you. And number three is remember that God is always with you. Whenever in the movie, Captain Pete is daring something great, he uses that phrase, talk to me, goose. He's hoping on some inspiration. Whenever you are pursuing that dream, pursuing that dream that's in your heart, you can know this morning that God is always with you. He's always by your side. Genesis 39, back to the story, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. I'm not sure to whom I'm preaching this morning, but you need to put your name in there. The Lord was with Liam so that he prospered. The Lord was with Jack so that he prospered. The Lord was with you. He was with Joseph. It says in Psalm 139 verse 8 to 10, it says, If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the nether world, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings uh, of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will take hold of me. Church, God is with you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with you. And you don't have to stop dreaming. Don't allow and let the pain of this life isolate you. Allow the pain to create partnership because pain creates space for partnership for people in your life so that they can encourage you in this life so that you don't stop dreaming and that you don't bury that dream that's still inside of you. I'm not sure who I'm talking to, but I need to call out that dream. That pen was still working after 25 years and your dream is still not dead. Don't stop dreaming. There's a scene here, and maybe you're sitting here this morning. You say, Zalman, you don't understand. I'm too far from God. It's all great that he's the dream giver, but I'm too far from God. I'm so lost this morning. Rooster responds when Captain Pete Mitchell says, thank you for saving my life. Rooster's response is, that is what my dad would have done. You're sitting here this morning and, you, and maybe you're lost. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're unsure. Maybe you don't even know if there's a dream in your heart. Let me tell you something about Christianity and our God. 
That is not the response that our, our God would have given. His response would not have been, that is what my dad would have done. Let me give you his response. Thank you for saving my life. That is what our God already has done through his son, Jesus Christ. Sometimes there's a misperception about Christianity and the grace of God, and we have to work for it. We have to work for the dreams. He's the dream giver, church. And he's dreaming about you. And maybe you're sitting here and you're in a painful season, but you know your God. Don't give up and don't die in your dilemma. Because there's still a dream. And God is still working today. But if you're sitting here and, you, and you're not even sure who God is, God is our Father. And He sent His Son to die on a cross to save us. He has already done it for you. The bigger question is, how, how can I get that? You don't work for it. You don't have to perform for it. You just have to accept it. And that's the beauty about Christianity and about grace. It's not do, it's done. Maybe you're sitting here first time in a long time for church, or maybe you're unsure, or maybe you're wrestling uh, what, what's happening in the afterlife. Or I can tell you what's happening. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive the gift of eternal life. Our bodies may die, but we, our souls, go to heaven. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. That's why it's called grace. Because we serve a gracious God. And maybe I'm addressing two issues here at this moment. One, You've maybe stopped dreaming. You still believe in God, but you've stopped dreaming because of the dilemmas, because of the pain, because of the sorrow. I want to encourage you, don't stop dreaming. There's purpose in that pain. Maybe it's because God wants to do something in you this morning and grow you so that you can sustain the dream that is coming. But the second part is maybe you're sitting here and I don't have dreams because I don't know the dream giver. His name is Jesus Christ. He's died for you. He has paid the price. He has forgiven your sins, past, present, and future. And He has a gift for you this morning and it's a gift of eternal life. That is what our dad has already done for us sent his son so that we may live. But you have to make a decision. You have to accept that. Accept the gift. So I want to pray two prayers this morning as I close. One first invitation is maybe you have just stopped dreaming. Maybe you have given up on something that is inside of you and I'm calling it out. I want to pray for you. But second prayer and second invitation, maybe you're sitting here and maybe you, 
you've just lost your way and you want to turn back to God and just recommit your life or commit your life to Him. It's simply by accepting the gift of salvation. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. And that's why it's called grace. If that is you, I also want to pray for you. So let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. If you're part of the first group invitation, will you just quickly raise your hand? I just want to, I just want to pray for you. If you've maybe given up on your dream, yeah, thank you. You can let it down. Thank you. If you want to be included in that prayer, just revitalize, Lord, that dream. Just raise your hand quickly and let it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Second invitation. If you've been away from God, maybe you're unsure about your salvation this morning. You're not sure if you're going to heaven or not. Maybe someone has invited you. You didn't even know Jesus, but you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior and accept the gift of salvation. If that is you this morning, I would love to pray for you as well. So will you raise your hand just quickly and let it down? I'm not going to call you out to the front. I'm just going to pray for you. Thank you. This Thank you. If you want to be included and just receive the gift of salvation, I would love to pray for you. I'm not going to extend it any longer. If that is you, just raise quickly your hand and let it down. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray this morning. I pray and I say thank you that you are the dream giver. Lord, I pray for every person here this morning that you'll stir that dream inside of them. That they'll not give up. Maybe they are going through a hard and a tough time. I pray, Lord, that they won't die in their dilemma. That they won't put a period where there needs to be a comma. That they'll keep on pursuing. That you'll give them strength. Thank you that we know that you are with us, helping us, sustaining us, and that we can put our trust in you because you're unwavering. But Lord, also, thank you for what you've done on the cross of Calvary for us. Something that we don't deserve, something that we can't earn by our own abilities, but something that you have done for us. I want to invite you, church, to just pray this prayer after me. For those couple of hands that went up, we're gonna just pray with them. And I, if if you put up your if you did put up your hand, pray this prayer after me. We're gonna support you in this, and then we're gonna celebrate you. Just pray after me, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving my life, for forgiving my sins. I accept the gift of salvation. And I declare you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Come on, church. Let's praise God.